Alright folks, today I'm gonna read about matrilineal society. This is from um, Britannica. Matrilineal society, also called matriline, group adhering to a kinship system in which ancestral descent is traced through maternal instead of paternal lines, the latter being termed patrilineage or patriline. <clears throat> Every society incorporates some basic components in its uh, system of reckoning kinship, family, marriage, postmarital residence, rules that prohibit sexual relations and therefore marriage between certain categ categories of kin, descent, and the terms used to label uh, kin. A lineage is a group of individuals who trace descent from a common ancestor. Thus, in a matrilineage, individuals are related as kin through the female line of descent. Alright. <clears throat> matrilineage is sometimes associated with group marriage or polyandry. Marriage of one woman to two or more men at the same time. Anthropologists have provided different perspectives and interpretations about kinship and its role in society. With a perspective based in Charles Darwin's theory of evolution, some 19th century scholars such as Johann Jacob Bakofen and Louis Henry Morgan believed that matrilineal societies predated patrilineal ones and represented an earlier evolutionary stage. Accordingly, patrilineal systems were also considered more civilized and advanced than matrilineal systems. Okay, this is... Okay, the civilized is in quotations. Alright, fine. <laughs> Writing within the framework of the evolutionary thinking development developed Evolutionary thinking developing at the time, Morgan also argued that matrilineal systems would progressively evolve into patrilineal systems. Over time, that view gained popularity far beyond anthropological and ethnological circles. <clears throat> well, let me give you. Let me just give you some. Uh, Okay, let me just read this thing. Scholars, the matrilineal puzzle. Scholars have often analyzed matrilineal norms and practices within the framework of the matrilineal puzzle, a term that was introduced to kinship theory by the British anthropologist Audrey Richards. It arose from structural functionalism, which was most strongly associated with the work of social anthropologists A.R. Radcliffe Brown and by the mid-20th century replaced Bakofen and Morgan's kinship theories as the dominant analysis model in social anthropology. Um, <clears throat> working within a structural, structural functionalist framework which viewed social structures such as institutions, relationships, and norms in terms of their roles in the functioning and con continuance of a society. Richards was puzzled by the position of men in matrilineal societies. <clears throat> 
Yeah, this is interesting because even till now, there are some matrilineal societies and, you know, just look up some videos or documentaries about them. And literally, it's these dudes saying, we need men's rights. We need equal rights as women because in those societies, the women get all the property and land and possession, right? And child rights. uh, the rights to to the to the children the women gets first so it's in these if you watch these documentaries or whatever it's fucking men here a bunch of men saying yeah we need equal rights as the women we're gonna go fight and the court will have a lawyer i have enough money saved up to finally get a lawyer so i can go see my kids it's like wait what <laughs> if if So how is it more advanced? How is patriarchal systems more advanced if in these societies till today they're still running if 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 they're run by women? <laughs> so like hmm interesting. Okay, um the issue at question was whether in practice a matrilineal system in which men have ambiguous roles and dual loyalties could work. The debate that followed also focused on what it was what it was that made matrilineal societies different from what was seen as normal patrilineal systems. That's interesting. This is like even after the agricultural age, this is still hmm. in the study of kinship and matrilineal versus patrilineal systems, a basic normative assumption is that the essential family unit consists of father, mother, and children. A closely linked assumption has been that one sex is dominant and the other weaker. According to scholar David M. Schneider, in classic kinship theory, it was assumed that men had authority over their wives and offspring, thus that authority was considered considered a constant. As a consequence, anthropological debate and analysis also assumed that, assumed that constant. Schneider also noted that in patrilineal societies, authority and kinship were passed on through patrilineal descent. But in matrilineal societies, males did not pass their status to their sons. Men's authority would be based only on their position in the matrilineal. The salient roles of the male, therefore, would be that of brother and uncle instead of husband and father what the salient roles of the male therefore would be that of brother and uncle instead of husband and father the fundamental assumption was that the demotion of the normal patriarchal role was unnatural the fundamental assumption was that the demotion of the normal patriarchal role role was unnatural Hmm. Under that interpretation of the structures and norms of all societies, male dominance assumed as a given in patrilineal societies did not translate into a corresponding female dominance in matrilineal societies. Under the assumed normative principle of male authority, in a matrilineage, descent passed from a woman's brother to her son. And from him to her sister's son. Wait, wait, what? Under the assumption, okay. In matrilineage, descent passed from a woman's 
brother to her son and from him to her sister's son. Okay, interesting. That meant to some scholars that the core structures of matrilineal groups were the positions of uncle and brother. Yet in the Bible, it talks about... Um, yeah, man, it's, this is all... The Bible is matrilineal, man. It, it was... It's probably a... It's, it's all from... It's all stories, I think, that were taken from... Arabia, man. I mean, because all the theme, the customs, the culture, everything, the way they talk, the poetry, it's the it's the traditions, the ritual, it's all fucking Arabian, man. It's it's all mi- <laughs> okay. Okay, that meant. This also makes me think of the Lion King, the matrilineal. Um, wait. Well, Lion King, no, it can't be because when a new male comes in and kills all the old cubs. Hmm. Well, let me just keep reading. Okay. In the practice of very local residence in which a woman moves into her husband's home, the in-marrying wife will presumably adapt to a dependent role as in a patrilineal society, but also occupy a significant role as the mother of children, particularly of sons who will perpetuate the patriliny. In matrilineal societies, although in-marrying men may be deemed necessary and useful as husbands, fathers, and human resources for labor, their function becomes part of the puzzle. In the context of assumptions about male authority, their roles may seem to be effete or ambiguous. Okay, examples of matrilineal societies. Matrilineal societies are found in various places around the world, such as in parts of Africa, Southeast Asia, and India. Specific cultural practices differ significantly among such groups. Though there are similarities, matrilineal practices in Africa differ from those in Asia, and there are even differences in such practices within specific regions. The Asante or Ashanti of Ghana are one of the few matrilineal societies in West, in West Africa in which women inherit, this, inherit status and property directly from their mothers. The Minang Kabao of Sumatra, Indonesia, are the world's largest matrilineal society in which properties such as land and houses are inherited through female lineage. In Minang Kabao society, the man traditionally marries into his wife's household and the woman inherits the ancestral home. Matrilineal societies in India are typified by the Kasi in Meghalaya state and by the traditional Nayar in Kerala. Among those groups, the main difference is observed in matrilocal, duolocal, and neolocal residence patterns. The pattern of duolocal residence 
The husband and wife occupy different homes, exist among the Asante, the Minangkabau, and the Nayar. The Kasi generally follow the matrilocal residence pattern. The husband moves in with his wife's matrilineal kin. Or neolocal residence pattern, the couple sets up home in a new residence in or around the wife's maternal residence. Interesting. So basically, it's like, oh, who's, you know, how are we going to do Christmas or Thanksgiving with, you know, the, the, the in-laws versus your own parents? It's like, that's all it is, figuring out how to do that shit. <laughs> okay. Um... So this is very interesting. I mean, we we thought you know it's only one way of doing shit, but that's thanks to you know Christianity and and uh, probably state big state religions. But like when you look at just how people lived back in the day in their own small communities, whatever. Th- that's what I'm saying. Diversity, man. What else would you do if awareness, if consciousness? comes to this planet to express itself in all the different ways possible like light prism rainbow seven different colors that only our eyes can see who knows what range diversity music notes musical notes is the color palette it's like why not why does all everything always have to be black or white I mean, those could be the bookends, but in between, it could be a whole range of colors. (laughs) Alright. According to some scholars, matriline has historically existed in different parts of the world, although it was mostly restricted to isolated communities within the non-Western world, of course. In the late 19th century, under the growing influence of social Darwinism, early European and American anthropologists began to explore different kinship systems on a global scale. One aspect of that study focused on delving into the nature of human social evolution. A substantial proportion of historical research on European societies in the late 20th and early 21st centuries focused on the family unit. Whereas earlier research in that area was limited to the search for the Western family structure, later analysis highlighted the error of presuming historical continuity in that structure and argued that the term family was fundamentally ambiguous. Notions of family and kinship are based on the existence of marriage and in that context most later studies examine gender differences only as an expression of a particular cultural system. Consequently, they failed to include ideological nuances behind the concepts of marriage or family within those social groups. Non-Western scholars have also argued that the distinction between household and family is grounded in Western conceptions. Of course, everything good comes from the West. The the household is regarded merely as a co-resident group, whereas the family is made up of those household members who also share kinship. That normative distinction assumes that the family, including a heterosexual couple as parents, is the natural unit, a generalization 
that ignores differences of class and race. It also fails to account for the fact that household could refer to members outside the family such as landlords, tenants, and family retainers. Hence, only large property-owning households that include all these external family members can provide sufficient data to study the complex relationships between class, caste, gender, and kinship. The current definitions and paradigms of matrifocal domestic systems, where a female is the central stable figure of the family unit, are also based on the classic kinship theories focus on marriage and the heterosexual couple. That encourages the assumption of heteronormativity in households, that is, that sexual and marital relations are normal only when between people of different sexes. It also assumes that as married heterosexual couples, men and women have certain natural functions in life with men as heads. Matrifocal domestic systems are seen as troublesome departures from this norm because they are not structured around a heterosexual couple or are viewed as temporary solutions to the absence of male household heads instead of functional households headed and managed by women. According to scholar Evelyn Blackwood, Western norms about marriage and where the husband-father stood in the family encouraged anthropologists to question the validity of matrilineal kin groups that embodied the function of the husband and the married couple even when there was no such relationship or one that did not meet the norm. Within Minang Kabao matrilineal groups, for example, it was the matrilineal line, including members of the external family descended through that line, that represented kinship. Conjugal and marital ties were considered secondary. I mean, the Bible is all about matrilineal lineage. They don't give a fuck about patrilineal. Well, except for some, but it's mostly matrilineal lineage. Blackwood also pointed out the anthropological attention devoted to the plight of husbands in matrilineal societies, again based on normative assumptions about men's place as husbands. In such scholarly work, the marital tie was assumed to be weak, owing to, for example, power struggles between husbands and interfering mother-in-laws, mothers-in-law, pressures from the husband's own lineage and the overly prominent position of the mother-in-law's brother. Women's economic independence, particularly control of the land, was was attributed to unreliable husbands or those who had chosen to leave the household. Thus, in that view, matrilineal systems are only the result of weak husbands or missing men. Blackwood's research on the Minang Kabao extended households, however, indicates that matrilineal practices come first and, ma- and marital relationships and the husband's role are of secondary importance. Yeah, I think it was about survival. If, if you were a man, most of the time back in the day, you were just sent off to some other fucktards wars. And yeah, usually you would die. So... The women now had to take care of everything, right? I mean, look at all these old movies. That's all it's about, right? 
fucking man was called to war by one of the lords or whatever. That's how it worked. We were feudal. It was a feudal system, so you owed your allegiance to whoever protected you, which was your lord. So, most of the time, yeah, the men were gone and or died in war, brothers and, 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 and fathers. So, this looks like a survival thing. It's like, yeah, if, well, once the men are gone, we, got, we still got to take care of ourselves, right? I think it makes sense. Like, or if, if you look at it that way, it, it, it makes sense. In the study of matrilineal societies, classic kinship theory develops normative structures to contextualize heterosexuality and male domination, failing to include the wider social nuances and connotations. I mean, even nowadays, let's say, like if 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 a couple, let's say, shit happens, they get divorced. Usually, the wife keeps the house, man. This, this that's usually how it works. Okay, those normative structures form the rhetoric of what Blackwood calls the specter of the patriarchal man, which persistently dominates concepts of kinship, marriage, and family. Classic kinship theory has been challenged by feminist scholars who have succeeded in shifting the focus from gender and kinship to social constructs in kinship relationships. Alright, mm. I have this one article, Authority and Leadership in a Matrilineal Society, Indian Anthropologist, 1972. Okay, this is Department of Anthropology, University of Delhi. Alright, uh, this paper examines some of the processes which motivate and control normative behavior and provide leadership in various kinds of family structures in a semi-isolated Muslim community known as Moplas of the Lakadiv group of islands. Hmm. The Union Territory of Lakadiv, okay, L-A-C-C-A-D-I-V-E, Lakadiv, I guess, Lakadiv, Minikoy, and Amindivi Islands and has 10 inhabited islands lying between 12 to 18 degrees north and 72 to 74 degrees east across the coast of Calicut, which is in Kerala, in the Arabian Sea. There are about twice as many islets, also part of the Indian territory, spread in between these islands. The history of the settlement of the islands and their economic and cultural patterns have been broadly dealt in a small government publication brought out in the early 30s. According to Ellis, one of the earliest inhabited islands was Androth, which lies around 123 miles southwest of Calicut. It's interesting because this is Calicut and Cal Kolkata used to be called Calcutta. Hmm. Anyway, 64 miles further, and also you have California. 64 miles further westwards lies Cavarti, the island where the present study was conducted. This island measures 3.5 miles in length and 3 fourth mile in breadth. It's like, just get to the fucking... 
Okay, it houses the headquarters of the island administration. In 1969, Leela Dubé published a comprehensive analysis of the matrilineal system as practiced in the islands vis-a-vis -vis the practice of Islam. Her work is based on the Kalpeni Island. Subsequently, Bhattacharya re-examined some of the chief features of organization of the islanders with the objective of seeking territorial limitation as a causative force towards maintaining the present social structure of the islanders. The present work is based on information collected by way of general inquiries made from more than a hundred unmarried male islanders belonging to different descent groups. Roughly estimated, the population of Kavarti is around 3,500, of which an overwhelming majority of 3,000 are the Koya, the caste owning most of the coconut trees and allied landed and allied landed properties. The rest are the Melakaris and the Malis, who constitute menial groups and who have no significant landed property. All these islanders are followers of Islam of the Sunni sect of the Shafi school. They are claimed to have been converted from Malabar Hindu castes during the first part of the 14th century by a saint named Said Hatahula Sakadri, sorry, who came from Baghdad with the mission of spread in Islam in Southeast Asia. The islanders have a matrilineal social system which does not require any change in the residential pattern of the marrying partners. The matrilineal descent group called Taravad is composed of all unmarried and married children in the family connected through an unbroken maternal line. The children of none of the male members uh, and neither the fathers of the entire Taravad members belong to the same descent group. This feature of segregation of the spouses, both in residence as also in predominant socioeconomic activities, has led to a prolonged, con prolonged controversy among anthropologists regarding ascribing an appropriate family typology to the society. May it be as it stands, the Taravad being exogamous, the joint property of this production come social unit is handed unto the members through their maternal line, that is to say, the offspring of none of the male members of a Taravad shares the fruit of labor of their pater. In other words, the male members of the community work under a set machinery without ever having to worry about security and well-being of their children, who in strict social terms do not belong to their pedigree. His plans and worries depend on the children of his female relatives like sister's son, mother's sister's son, mother's sister's daughter's son, and so forth. Hmm. It will, however, be incorrect to assert that normal emotions for one's children are altogether absent in the males 
of a given Taravad further that this kind of filial emotions do not lead to some kind of self-imposed responsibility in many cases. Nevertheless, the prescribed normative behavior demands no such sharing of responsibility by the father of a child, with the exception of fulfilling certain fixed obligations during the ceremonies of his children's life cycle. Even, even this minor obligatory role of the father has been rendered completely insignificant due to the high rate of divorce in the community. The women change their husbands so often that the children in many cases do not know who their father is and the mother's brother or mother's mother's brother, the all-powerful guardian of the household. practice of nocturnal visiting husband by itself it does not necessarily bring about any change in the socializing of the children primary function of family and disposing of parental care for children so long as the man and his taravid on the one hand and the wife and her taravad on the other are not pulled in opposite direction with the force of their ascribed responsibilities for their respective Taravad. Power and leadership in the field of social activities in the community emerges mainly from within the set machinery. By rule, the Taravad head is the oldest male in the, in the female line of the descent group, unless the prescribed person voluntarily gives his power to a younger male member. Here it will be it will be apparent that a large body of the married and unmarried able-bodied able bodies males of the group are not ascribed with any power regarding most of the activities of the Taravad. Many of these men, till their death, would not get the chance of being their Taravad head. In other words, a large majority of the male population from their birth within a given Taravad would be socially made aware of their lack of power in the administration and social control. However, a powerful male can always separate out his family from the parents' taravad to form a sub-taravad, but such cases cannot occur as often as it might theoretically appear possible. This is mainly because the entire taravad property is based on a limited number of coconut trees. <laughs> interesting repeated so i feel like it's like if you set up an environment with limited resources and then just introduced you know humans <laughs> and just saw what happened like it would they would f figure out a way to make shit work you know as well as possible for as long as possible until you know something happened and the system just collapsed so i mean honestly if if you, if you want to study soci sociology human psychology group society nations it's like yeah, it's just watching an organism um, 
just observing observing how an organism just manages its resources its territory and yeah see how long it survives basically if you look at a civilization a nation an empire whatever you want to call it that's basically it's that simple it's just down to coconut trees I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts okay (laughs) repeated fishing of these into different property groups within a couple of generations lead to such small shares as 25 to 50 trees which may not be an appropriate capital for a taravad thus a large majority of the male as also female youth though remaining the joint holders of their respected taravad property act act as composite tools within the taravad machinery without any aspiration for self-betterment okay you know what I'm gonna read I'm gonna read um, this thing over here Arabian horse strains strain rasan or rope in Arabic and guess what Originated as a cultural feature of original Arabian horses, not a scientific one. It is the means by which Bedouin horse breeding tribes identified the ancestry and authenticity of their Arabian horses. Strain names represent the female line of descent regardless of the sire line. Any number of reasons may be associated with the identifying features of a strain from legendary stories to family no, no family notoriety and in some instances behavior or physical features these identifying features are not static and can and can evolve and change over long periods of time substrain marbut in arabic which means the place to which the rope is tied Second or third names after a strain name such as Saklawi Jidran. The substrain usually further identifies authenticity, specific origin, or branches of a strain. Can be based on a family or clan breeding their own version of a strain. For example, the Jidran family bred the Saklawi strain. Saklawi Jidran. It can even have more detail. A breeder named Ibn Sudan became noted for his Saklawi Jidran, which then became Saklawi Jidran Ibn Sudan. I see. While another breeder, Ibn al-Diri, became noted for his... Okay, so you, you get it. This is interesting because why the female line because it's almost like with the female line you can get a better understanding of actually I don't know why why do they do the well here is uh, Wikipedia matrilineity matrilineity 
matrilineality is the tracing of kinship through the female line. It may also correlate with a social system in which each person is identified with their matriline, their mother's lineage, and which can involve the inheritance of property and or titles. A matriline is a line of descent from a female ancestor to a descendant of either sex, in which the individuals in all intervening intervening generations are mothers in other words a mother line in a matrilineal descent system an individual is considered to belong to the same descent group as their mother this ancient matrilineal descent pattern is in contrast to the currently more popular pattern of patrilineal descent from which a family name is usually derived the matrilineal the matriline of historical nobility was also called their anatic or uterine ancestry corresponding to the patrilineal or agnatic ancestry. In some traditional societies and cultures, membership in their groups was and in the following list still is, if shown in italics, inherited matrilineally. Examples include the Cherokee, the Choctaw, the Gitskan, Haida, Hopi, Iroquois, Lenape, Navajo, and Tlingit of North America, the Kuna people of Panama, the Kogi and Carib of South America, the Minangkabu people of, we, we just heard about those ones, people of West Sumatra, Indonesia, and Negreni, and Negeri Sem. Bilan, Malaysia, the Trobianders, Dobu, and Nav- Nagovisi of Melanesia, the Nairs, some Tias and Muslims of Kerala, and the Mogaviras, Bilavas, and the Bunts of Karnataka in South India, the Kasi, the Jaintia and Garo of Meghalaya and Northeast India and Bangladesh, the the Nalops and Sharchops of Bhutan, the Mosuo of China, the Kaya of Southeast Asia, the Picti of Scotland, the Basques of Spain and France, the Ainu of Japan. Wait, what? Even the Ainu? The Akan, including the Ashanti, Bono, Akwamu, Fante of Ghana, most groups across the so-called matrilineal belt of South Central Africa. What? There's a matrilineal. I have to look this up. The Nubians of uh, South Egypt and Sudan, and the Tuareg of West and North Africa, the Serer of Senegal, the Gambia and Mauritania. That's what I'm saying, man. It's it's we all came from <laughs> matrilineal societies, man. Okay, matrilineal belt in anthropology. The matrilineal belt is an area in Africa south of the equator, centered in South Central Africa, where matrilineality is predominant. Maybe I'm a dude. 
The matrilineal belt runs diagonally from the Atlantic to the Indian Ocean, crossing Angola, Zambia, Malawi, and Mozambique. The belt is linked to horticultural household economics and Bantu groups that have embraced pastoralism have tended to lose... Okay, so the groups and Bantu groups... So groups that have embraced pastoralism have tended to lose matrilineal... Interesting. Hypothesis linking the matrilineal belt is... Okay. Going back. Early human kinship in the late 19th century. So so when... This is what I'm saying. The older I get, I feel like Freud was spot on. Because his whole thing with... um um the Oedipus complex. It's it's more of a it makes sense if it's a matrilineal society and the term motherfucker is basically like I guess yeah when 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 the males in a matrilineal society basically revolted and took over and dominated the the feminine the female counterparts and basically said no more matrilineal society this is going to be a patrilineal a patriarchal society so you can see that um change too when it came to like as soon as basically once it once we went from tribal to once our numbers grew basically and we needed more resources then we had to fight to go get take over. So that's when the males took over the warrior class, I think. It's probably what happened. With especially with the domestication of horses and and then like you know um making the bow and arrow, the chariot, weapons. After that, it was done, man. No more. That was that was probably it. Okay, um, in the late 19th century, almost all prehistorians and anthropologists believed following Lewis H. Morgan's influential book, Ancient Society, that early human kinship everywhere was matrilineal. This idea was taken up by Frederick Engels in The Origin of the Family, Private Property and the State, the Morgan Engels thesis that humanity's earliest domestic institution was not the family but the matrilineal clan soon became incorporated into communist orthodoxy. In reaction, most 20th century social anthropologists considered the theory of matrilineal priority untenable, although during the 1970s and 80s a range of feminist scholars often attempted to revive it. In recent years, evolutionary biologists, geneticists, and paleoanthropologists have been reassessing the issues, many citing genetic and other evidence that early human kinship may have been matrilineal after all. I mean, the whole Bible is matrilineal, man. I mean, Abraham, Abraham fucked his concubine Hagar and had Ishmael, but no... That, that doesn't work because it's a matrilineal society, remember? It has to be through Sarah. So 
Isaac was born, right? That was the right heir, right? <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Just, we are animals, man. We are animals fighting over animal husbandry. That is it. Fucking animals, man. Okay. Um, one crucial piece of indirect evidence has been genetic data suggesting that over thousands of years women among sub-saharan africa hunter gatherers have chosen to reside post maritally not with their husband's family but with their own mother and other natal kin yeah even in the bible the story of fucking ruth and 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 uh, leah she was like, no, I'm, I'm going to go back with you, Ruth. And Ruth was like, oh, you're such a good, <laughs> you're such a good um, uh, daughter-in-law. Fucking, where was it? When, when, when Ruth blesses, um, Ruth 4.11 Then the elders and all the people at the gate said We are witnesses May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home Like Rachel and Leah Who together built up the family of Israel May you have standing in May you have standing in Ephrathah And be famous in Bethlehem Do you hear this shit? Ruth 4.11 May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home Like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. It's a matriarchal, it was a matriarchal society. The Bible is all matriarchal, man. It's all matriarchal. It got taken over by these dicks. It got taken over by a bunch of dicks. <laughs> Another line of argument is that when sisters and their mothers help each other with childcare, the descent line tends to be matrilineal rather than patrilineal. Biological anthropologists are now widely agreed that cooperative childcare was a development crucial in making possible the evolution of the unusually large human brain and characteristically human psychology. Apparently, also, it was with the rise of the Roman Catholic Church that the priests of the Roman Catholic Church drove out the midwives. It was the women back in the day who were in charge of delivering the babies. And they were the ones, because it was matrilineal, until the fucking priests, male priests came over. Why? Because now the state owns your child. It's a patriarchal society now. Now the state owns your motherfucking child so that when the fucker has to go to war, he can be drafted because he belongs to the state. Well, if it's if it's a if it's a boy. Okay, matrilineal surname. Matrilineal surnames are names transmitted from mother to daughter in contrast to the more familiar patrilineal surnames transmitted from father to son pattern most common among family names today for clarity and for brevity the scientific terms patrilineal surname and matrilineal surname are usually abbreviated as patroname and matroname okay that's good to know cultural patterns um there appears to be some evidence for the presence of matrilineal 
matrilineality in pre-Islamic Arabia in a very limited number of Arabian peoples, first of all among the Amorites of Yemen and among some strata of Nabataeans in northern Arabia. On the other hand, there seems to be some reliable evidence for the presence of matrilineality in Islamic Arabia. The descendants of Prophet Muhammad, 12 Imams are said to be from the lineage of his daughter Fatima, termed as sons of Fatima. A modern example from South Africa is the order of succession to the position of the reign queen in a culture of matrilineal primogeniture. Not only is dynastic descent reckoned through the female line, but only females are eligible to inherit. Hmm. Okay, so let's see. Matrilineality in specific ethnic groups. In Europe, ancient Greece, while men held positions of religious and political power, a uh, Spartan constitution mandated that inheritance and proprietorship pass from mother to daughter. Ancient Scotland, in Pictish society, succession in leadership, later kingship, was matrilineal with the reigning chief succeeded by either his brother or perhaps a nephew, but not through patrilineal succession of father to son. Hmm. In the Americas, uh, Lenape occupied for 10,000 years by Native Americans. The land that would become New Jersey was overseen by clans of the Lenape or Leni Lenape or Delaware. Who farmed, fished, and hunted upon it. The pattern of their culture was that of a matrilineal agriculture and mobile hunting society that was sustained with fixed but not permanent settlements in their matrilineal clan territories. Leadership by men was inherited through the maternal line and the women elders held the power to remove leaders of whom they disapproved. Yeah, it's like in the movie Avatar, the the main leader of that community was the the shamaness, the 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 shamaness. Yeah. Okay, villages were established and relocated as the clans farmed new sections of the land when soil fertility lessened and when they moved among their fishing and hunting grounds by seasons. The area was claimed as a part of the Dutch New Netherland province dating from 1614 where active trading in furs took advantage of the natural pass west but the Lenape prevented permanent settlement beyond what is now New Jersey what is now Jersey City early Europeans who first wrote about these Indians found matrilineal social organization to be unfamiliar and perplexing. As a result, the early records are full of clues about early Lenape society, but were usually written by observers who did not fully understand what they were seeing. Um, there's a whole bunch, man. God damn. I didn't know there was that much. Oh, look at this. Matrilineal identification with Judaism. 
matrilineality in Judaism or matrilineal descent in Judaism. I don't know why they do that. Why can't you just stick with one fucking word? Is the tracing of Jewish descent through the maternal line. Close to all Jewish communities have followed matrilineal descent from at least early Tanaitic times through modern times. The origins and date of origin of matrilineal descent in Judaism are uncertain. Orthodox Jews who believe that matrilineality and matriarchy within Judaism are related to the metaphysical concept of the Jewish soul, maintain that matrilineal descent is an oral law from at least the time of the receiving of the Torah on Mount Sinai. Look at this shit, man. Look at this shit. Yeah, from from then they're admitting that it was a matrilineal society. Conservative Jewish theologian Rabbi Louis Jacobs suggests that the marriage practices of the Jewish community were restated as a law of matrilineal descent in the early Tanaitic period. The law of matrilineal descent was first codified as all Jewish oral law in the Mishnah. The Talmud adduces the law of matrilineal descent from Deuteronomy. You shall not intermarry with them. You shall not give your daughter to his son. And you shall not take his daughter for your son. For he will turn away your daughter from following me and they will worship the gods of others. Conservative Jewish theologian Rabbi Louis Jacobs dismisses the suggestion that the Tanaim were influenced by the Roman legal system and that even if the rabbis were familiar with the Roman law, they might have reacted to it instead by preserving the patrilineal principle, holding fast to their own system. The Jewish oral tradition cites the book of Ezra, chapters 9-10, regarding the law of matrilineal descent of Judaism. The medieval French commentator Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki, in his commentary on prophets, references the law of matrilineal descent regarding Tamar, daughter of King David. Maimonides, what? Maimonides. Maimonides recodified the law uh, Maimonides <laughs> recodified the law of matrilineal descent in his compilation of Jewish law Mishneh Torah the law of matrilineal descent was again recodified in the code of Jewish law Shulchan Aruch without mention of any dissenting opinion the Hellenized Jewish philosopher Philo of Alexandria calls the child of a Jew and a non-Jew a notos, meaning bastard, regardless of whether the non-Jewish parent is the father or the mother. While Flavius Josephus, the Romanized Jewish historian, writing about events that were alleged to occur to have occurred a century prior, has Antigonus II Matthias, the last Hasmonean king of Judea, denigrating Herod, whose father's family were Idumean Arabs, forcibly converted to Judaism by John 
Hyrcanus, and whose mother, according to Josephus, was either an Edomian Arab or Arabian, Nabataean Arab, by referring to him as an Idumean, that is a half Jew, and as therefore unfit to be given governorship of Judea by the Romans. In practice, Jewish denominations define who is a Jew via descent in different ways. All, de all denominations of Judaism have protocols for conversion for those who are not Jewish by descent. Orthodox Judaism practices matrilineal descent and considers it axiomatic. The conservative Jewish movement also practices matrilineal descent as virtually all Jewish communities have for at least 2,000 years. In 1986, the conservative movement's rabbinical assembly reiterated the commitment of the conservative movement to the practice of matrilineal descent. In 1983, the Central Conference of American Rabbis of Reform Judaism passed a resolution waiving the need for formal conversion for anyone with at least one Jewish parent, provided that a. one is raised as a Jew by reform standards, or b. one engages in an appropriate act of public identification, formalizing a practice that had been common in reform synagogues for at least a generation. Okay, this is... I'll just read this last part uh, in mythology. Certain ancient myths have been argued to expose ancient traces of matrilineal customs that existed before historical records. The ancient historian Herodotus is cited by Robert Graves in his translations of Greek myths as attesting that the Lycians of their times still reckoned, still reckoned by matrilineal descent or were matrilineal as were the Carians. In Greek mythology, while the royal function was a male privilege, power devolution often came through women, and the future king inherited power through marrying the queen Heiress. This is illustrated in the Homeric myths where all the noblest men in Greece vie for the hand of Helen and the throne of Sparta, as well as the Oedip Oedipian cycle where Oedipus weds the recently widowed queen at the same time he assumes the Theban kingship. This trend also is evident in many Celtic myths such as the Welsh Mabinogi stories of oh boy of Kulwak and Olwen or the Irish Ulster cycle most notably the key facts to the the Kukulain cycle that Kukulain gets his final secret training with a warrior woman Skathak and becomes the lover of her daughter and the root of the Tainbo Kualin that while Ailil may wear the crown of Connacht. It is his wife, Medb, who is the real power, and she needs to affirm her equality to her husband by owing chattels as great as he does. 
picks are widely cited as being made for lineal. Number of other Breton stories are all, also illustrate the motif. Even the King Arthur legends have been interpreted in this light by some. For example, the Round Table, both as a piece of furniture and as concerns the majority of knights belonging to it, was a gift to Arthur from Guinevere's father, Leo de Grants. Arguments also have been made that matrilineality is laid behind various fairy tale plots which may contend the contain the vestiges of folk traditions not recorded. For instance, the widespread motif of a father who wishes to marry his own daughter appearing in such tales as Aller Le Roi, Donkey Skin, <laughs> The King Who Wished to Marry His Daughter, and The She-Bear, has been explained as his wish to prolong his reign, which he would lose after his wife's death to his son-in-law. I mean, even in the Bible, Lot, Lot, uh, you know, does it with his two daughters, it's like, to keep the line going. More mildly, the hostility of kings to their daughters' suitors is explained by hostility to their successors. In such tales as the Three May Peaches, Jesper, who herded the hares, or the griffin, kings set dangerous tasks in an attempt to prevent the marriage. Fairy tales with hostility between the mother-in-law and the heroine, such as Mary's Child, the Six Swans, and Peralt's Sleeping Beauty, have been held in ref to reflect a transition between a matrilineal society where a man's loyalty was to his mother and a patrilineal, and a patrilineal one where his wife could claim it. Although this interpretation is predicted on such a transition being a normal development in societies. I mean, even the movie fucking Psycho. <laughs> that's right there, man. He's, it's a matrilineal society. His mom isn't dead. She just possessed his ass. <laughs> so, it's just interesting why, I'm going to look up why matrilineal society like hmm anyways i'll save that one for the next one all right peace